The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. So thrilled to be here with you on this lovely Monday morning. It is the 7th of August. It feels much later than that. Uh, but it's the 7th of August and excited to be here with you live this morning. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. Traven's going to show those to you in just a couple of seconds. We love your interaction. We want to hear from you about today's topic and about other things as well. You can write in any question. Uh, if you're watching us live and you're actually watching, Traven's letting you know that tomorrow we're going to have Ask Dr. Doreen that's going to be with us and you can be sending in those questions right now, um, even even now for Ask Dr. Doreen tomorrow. But you can also send in questions for me this morning. Christina, I'm doing good. How are you? I saw you got a new baby. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to get a new puppy. I saw on Facebook that you got a puppy. Um they look delightful. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I think it's a boy. I think it's a boy. Uh, but anyway, uh, thrilled that you guys are here. And that's exactly how you interact. You, If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, you can write in and say hello or tell me where you're watching from or what's going on with you. And we'd love... Bandit. Yes. Uh, Bandit. I love that. So I think that's a boy, right? I, 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 or it could be a girl. I don't know. But he's super, super cute. Uh, anyway... Uh, thrilled to be here, and I love the interaction with you guys. For those of you who've watched the show before, you know I'm a very proud pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse individual and that I love and adore and think is perfect and wouldn't change a hair on his head. Um, but uh, I welcome everybody who comes to the show, whatever brings you to the autism community, whether you are another pony or you, however you identify as a parent, as a, a sibling, as the person on the spectrum themselves. Of course, we welcome all of you guys to be with us as well. We know that you're the beating heart of our community, uh, but we welcome everybody who also loves individuals on the autism spectrum or works with them or um, either side by side or is helping them in some way as a doctor, a physician, uh, a therapist, a uh, behavior technician. We welcome all of you and all the aunts and uncles and grandparents as too because I think together we make a beautiful community of people who support individuals who are on the autism spectrum, their rights, their, um, their right to be able to live, work, love, wherever and however they choose to. So that's really what we're here about, uh, information and inspiration. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to warn you because I'm holding myself a little. Uh, we had a very interesting weekend this weekend, spent most of the first day in urgent care with my son. He's fine. He's doing just fine, but he wasn't doing fine on Saturday morning. And then yesterday, in a silly, silly thing, I took a tumble. I fell. And, and so I'm really, I'm fine, didn't break anything, but I'm super duper sore. And what was supposed to be a lovely, very busy weekend with a lot of fun things uh, turned into Hospital Central at our house. Uh, but everybody survived. We're okay. We're, we're making it through. Thank you, uh, Christina. And I'm so thrilled to have you here live, too. You must be on break still. So thrilled that you're here. 
Today uh, on our show, we're going to be talking uh, in particular, so many of you have written in over the years because we've been doing this. We're in our 13th year now. Um, so many of you have written in and said, I don't really understand what you feed your child when my son was a child. He's 20 now. He's a full-grown adult, and he pretty much feeds himself now. But my child was on a gluten-free, casein-free diet. Now, here's the disclaimer. Not everyone needs to be on a gluten-free, casein-free diet. Not everyone will benefit from a gluten-free, casein-free diet. We, we, there have been tons of studies that have been done on this. And you'll, if you read about it, you'll say, oh, it'll say no one benefits from it. Well, if you read a little bit further into the studies, you'll see that maybe they looked at 10 people. And of the 10 people, only two people had a significant change. And so they say, oh, so the gluten-free diet, it's not shown to make a change. But for two people, it did. And for those two people, it was significant. So we talk about gluten-free, casein-free here because if you or someone you love can benefit from it, then it's a big deal that, you know, why not benefit from it? But it does mean changing diet and changing the way you cook and the way you run your kitchen, which a lot of people find very overwhelming. So over the years, people have said, I don't really understand what you cook for your child. So uh, when he was a child, um, but I'm going to go through my top 10 favorite, easy GFCF meals. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to run through them in the ingredients, but I'm also going to be giving the full recipes for each one of these in the August newsletter, which is not coming out until the end of August. If you want that August newsletter, then go to our website, autismnetwork.com and sign up for the newsletter. We have not been doing this, the newsletter on a regular basis through the, we did it for part of the pandemic and it was, it was just a lot. And we went to a much smaller staff. Um, but we are going to start uh, trying to be more regular, if not, if not every month and every other month. And so in this first month in August, I'm going to include these 10 recipes. They're pretty easy to make. Um, but the thing that I love about them is that they're all quick. None of them is going to take you more than a half an hour. I really streamline. So it's, it's all about when you got to put food on the table. This is not if you want to do gourmet cooking. This is when you want to put food on the table and you want to make sure that it's GFCF. And you want to make sure that the people that you're making it for are going to enjoy it and will eat it. So these are going to be my top 10 meals. And I see Christina's working this afternoon and they don't go back to school till the 28th. I was so surprised that some people already went back to school last week. Others, um, a, a little bit more. And Christina says, I could tell you were a little off. I was going to say it, but waited to, uh, I'm just trying to be a little less volume because it hurts a little bit when I move, but I'm here, I'm here and I'm excited. Um, Good morning to Autism Journey with Elijah. So thrilled that you're here. Uh, and she says, we did a live about preparing and organizing meals and snacks and tips to save time and money for back to school. Love that. I hope that people will go over and check out what you've got going on over there, Autism Journey with Elijah, because uh, she's doing some really great stuff over there, you guys. Uh, you amaze me. All right. So, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about these. And again, if you want the full recipes, they'll be in the newsletter that'll come out towards the end of the month. Um, I'm also going to say that I tried to include ways that you would sort of nutritionally boost these. In the beginning, if you're trying to get somebody to eat gluten-free, casein-free, like only fight one battle at a time, right? (laughs) Right? If your child won't eat vegetables and you're having trouble with GFCF and you've got to switch over, Focus on the getting the GFCF and you, where you can sneak in the vegetables, but don't make that your be-all, end-all. I think you'll find that if you get more to the GFCF and get off the milk, 
the more you get off the milk, the more your child will be open to trying the vegetables. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I found that to be true in our household. And, and I've said that to many families and they're like, it was miraculous. We didn't, we managed to not have milk for a week. And then suddenly they were eating green beans and peppers and all these things. Um, it, you know, uh, listen, if I could just eat nachos all day long and only eat nachos, that's all I'd eat. And I would never eat a vegetable. And I'm somebody who loves a, a huge salad for dinner. And I, you know, I, I can eat a pound of salad and enjoy it and not have to choke it down. And yet, if, if you said to me, Shannon, you could just eat nachos every meal for the rest of your life, I probably would say yes. Um, because they're very addictive. And when you take those things off, then you want to try other things. So, um, all right. But I do want to encourage you, write in, ask questions. Feel free to put meals in that you like or products. Because I try to give you, if it's a specific product I use, because that's some of the key here, right, is that a specific product makes it easy to make these palatable. If you have a different one that you like, feel free to write that in because it's all good. You know, we're not, it's not, uh, product competition. Nobody paid for any of this placement. So this is all just stuff that I love and that I've made for my son and that he loves. Okay, so let's get started here. It's 10 quick and easy GFCF meals your kids will love. I'm going to go through the 10 recipes. I don't think I numbered them this time. I'm going to go through the 10 and just say what they are for those of you who are watching the short version. Then I'm going to go back and talk about all the ingredients and what you use and how you use it, all that stuff, okay? So up first, baked ziti with garlic bread. Um, and this was one that we talked about last week. I make this whenever I'm having a party and having people over. People ask me to bring this to their parties. It's, it, it's all gluten-free. It's all vegan. It's seriously good. Baked ziti with garlic bread. Number two, um, I, I think it skipped one here. Let's go back. Ah, peanut butter pad thai. This was a staple in our house at least once a week during uh, lockdown. Peanut butter pad thai. Kids love this. Fabulous. Uh, the day of mac and cheese with Disneyland green beans on the side. I'll tell you about exactly what that is, but it is fabulamar. Quick, easy, fabulous. Kids will eat it. Uh, the scar pizza. We talked about this last week too. We'll go over what that is. Uh, a scar pizza crust pizza. Uh, sausage fried rice. Um, yum. I don't eat sausage, but my kid loves this. Made this for him last week. Uh, uh, a burger and tater tots. How normal and regular is that? There's a way you can do this GFCF, no problem, no muss, no fuss, and get that on the table in, I'm not kidding you, uh, like maybe eight minutes. Uh, and I'll tell you how you do that with the tater tots. And they're crispy and they're fabulous. You'll love it. Uh, then French toast. Uh, this is one of our staples that we make absolutely. And we do this sometimes for dinner. That's why I included it. But it's great. You guys always ask about breakfast. Super easy. How about tacos? So easy to do tacos, GFCF. You're going to be surprised how easy it is. And your kids will love it. And sometimes I love to set up like a bar and they get to make the tacos on their own. Very good to work on hand skills, by the way. Uh, how about spaghetti and meatballs? Super easy uh, and super easy to make at GFCF and everybody's happy. I make this also when people come to visit and I don't bother telling them it's GFCF and they love it. Uh, and then my last one, roasted chicken and veggies in our house. We call this dancing chickens. We did a video many years ago. I don't know if we could ever find it. We used to do a segment called Shannon's House uh, the first year that we were doing the show. 
We actually have it. And it shows me with Jem when he was, you know, like nine, um, making this and other dishes. So at some point we might have to play that. Christina says, you're making me hungry. I know, this is making me hungry too. But now let's go back through these and talk them through. So we talked about a couple of these last week. Um, but the baked ziti with garlic bread, here's the deal. And I went through the whole recipe on last week's show. Um, but I gave you the in the ingredients list here the actual products that I use. I use Barilla gluten-free penne. It's the best but you got to cook it right. You, when you're making gluten-free pasta, you don't boil it for the whole time. You bring the water to a boil, you put the pasta in, you let it come back to a boil, you lower the heat, put the lid on, and you time it. I think for the Barilla, it says, I want to say it's seven minutes. And I talk to my, you know, my little, I don't want to say her name, but I say, uh, set a timer for seven minutes so that I don't forget. And it's almost always perfect. But you can't, and then, and then you immediately have to get it off the water, get it rinsed, and, and then I rinse it with cool water to stop the cooking, right? Um, and then I continue to bake it um, after that. And I put it in the pan with the tomato sauce. It's got to be a tomato sauce that has no cheese. Almost all of them are no cheese, but you have to check to make sure. Otherwise, it would have uh, casein in it. Uh, and I, uh, my favorite cheeses for this dish are, there's three different ones, Trader Joe's uh, gluten or dairy-free Parmesan, which is off the charts fabulous. It is different than the Follow Your Heart one, and I like the Follow Your Heart one for some things, but the, the but other things I like, and, and it's shards of Parmesan for the um, Trader Joe's. It's big shards, right? I love that for this, and I use their gluten-free mozzarella, and then for the top, though, I use the Miyoko's liquid pizza mozzarella cheese. It's a, it comes in a bottle. It looks like a bottle of cream. Um, it's the weirdest thing. You shake it and you pour it on whatever you're going to cook and then you bake it and it looks just like that. Uh, it looks like mozzarella. It stretches like mozzarella. It tastes like mozzarella. It's a crazy little science experiment, but we love it. And then we make our gluten-free bread, our, um, ZD, uh, excuse me, garlic bread with Udi's, the, the frozen French bread that they, you get two loaves with it. We use earth balance for the margarine and I put garlic powder and parsley in that. It's mm -mm good. You can make that when your in-laws are visiting. Nobody even knows or cares that it's gluten-free. It's yummy. It's, um, you know, I mean, you got the, the baked in the, the tomatoes, so you've got vegetables in there. It's, it, I won't say that it's the healthiest dish, but by far it's not the least healthy dish, right? It's really very good, and it's not going to tear up anybody's stomach. Baked ziti with garlic bread, yummer, yummerson. Okay, now the peanut butter pad thai, which we've never talked about before here on the show. So Annie Chun makes a whole line of gluten-free noodles. We really love, and they make them brown rice, um, and they also make them white rice, and they have some that are organic and some that are not. We love the full line of them. Um, and so I get a package, of, and sometimes they do it with the brown rice noodles, and sometimes I do it with the white rice noodles, whatever you prefer. They're both good, right? So we use a full package of those, and the trick with those is that you, you don't boil them. You take a big bowl, and you put boiling water in the bowl. You submerge the um, the noodles, just the whole package in, and then you put like a saucer plate on top so that it holds it down, and you let it soak for 10 minutes. 
perfect, right? Um, but we, and it's, you can do this with chicken, you can do this with shrimp. A lot of times my kid likes to have it with shrimp, but if I wanted to make this as quick as possible, right? So um, I like Purdue also makes, they come in bags um, and they're in the refrigerator aisle. They're not frozen, but they're called shortcuts. And basically it's um, pieces of chicken, roasted chicken that have already been cut up for you. And I like to have one of those in the refrigerator because if I'm making a meal and I need things to go together fast, I don't want to have to get out the cutting board. I don't want to have to cut. Now it's, it's a little bit more expensive, but sometimes you just got to put food on the table, you know, because you're working and your kids are going to therapy and you're doing this, that or whatever. Uh, you know, I value my time. Now, if you need to, if budgetary stuff is a bigger deal to you than anything else, then when we talk about the dancing chickens, I always roast two of those and then you can take one of those and cut it up and use it here instead of the Purdue shortcuts. And it'll be much more cost effective and it'll be there and ready. I used to roast two chickens every weekend and do that, but it's up to you. But now I don't have enough time. So uh, a package of Purdue uh, shortcuts, really fabulous. Um, two cups of shredded carrots. Now, a lot of times when you get pad thai in the restaurant, they put it raw on the top. Um, you can do that. I think for our kids, it's better when it's a little bit cooked. They, there's a sweetness that comes out in the carrots. And I put in a cup of fresh snow peas or broccoli, whatever your child will eat. Then you want to have three eggs whisked and ready to go and a half, it doesn't say, but a half a cup is a half of an orange. <laughs> uh, it should be a half a cup of organic unsweetened peanut butter. You can do crunchy or not, whichever you prefer, whatever your kid prefers. And I um, put here, because it's easy and quick, a bottle of Yai's Thai Pad Thai Sauce. It's gluten-free, it's dairy-free. Now, if you want to make your own Pad Thai Sauce, which we did a lot of that during lockdown when we had a little bit more time. It's brown sugar. Uh, I usually put a little bit of ketchup in it. Um, soy sauce. Um, you usually need to have some sort of fish sauce and I would put a little bit of Hwasan sauce in it too. So you have to have a lot of ingredients and if you're cooking on the fly, it's just easier sometimes to have the Yai's Thai pad sauce and you put the whole bottle in. So basically you boil your water and you start the noodles to be soaking and then you take your heavy cast iron pan and you throw your shortcuts in there with just a little bit of oil and you show, throw the carrots in and you throw the broccoli in um, and then you're eventually you're going to get that all to the point where it's nice and cooked and then you're going to throw the... Um, the bottle of the yai sauce in, the peanut butter in there, and get that all mixed together. It makes like this thick, creamy sauce. And, and at some point, some people like it beforehand, some people like it at the very end. You're going to cook the three scrambled eggs in it as well. And then you throw the noodles in and coat it all with it. It's quick. It's yummy in the extreme. And we all loved it so much during lock, lockdown. It's, you know... Traditional pad thai, you would just sprinkle peanuts on the top and there would just be the pad thai sauce. I don't know. There's something about putting the peanut butter in it. Um, it. It makes an entirely different thing and kids love it. And you sneak in the carrots and if you can sneak in the snow peas and the broccoli, you've really made a very healthy meal for them. Peanut butter pad thai, it's a yum and a half. Okay. Uh, then we go to the, uh, the day of mac and cheese and Disneyland green beans. So day of mac and cheese 
is super easy to get in almost any grocery store now. It's, a, it's just like getting a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese. There's ingredients. You, you boil the water. Same thing for me, though, because it's, it's uh, gluten-free noodles, where I boil the water, uh, I let it come to a boil, I put the noodles in, I let it come to a boil again, and then I immediately turn it down to low, put a lid on the top, and cook it for the amount of time it says to cook. They plump up. They're fabulous. They're not overcooked. Uh, but set the timer because if you let it cook too long, they fall apart. It just falls apart. And then you have to take it off. Here's the tough part because you got to rinse it or it's going to um, keep cooking, right? And unless you're eating it right away, you don't want them to, the noodles to get all soft and fall apart. So my preference is to rinse those noodles really well. And then I take the hot pan and they give you a little packet of the cheese sauce. Now on the box, it says to add, you know, I don't know what it says to add because I don't add anything. I don't, I don't add anything at all. It's, I think it says to add like a, a margarine and we use Earth Balance. I'll tell you honestly, it's better if you don't. I don't know, it just makes it a little greasy if you do, and we don't add any milk or anything. We just add the cheese sauce. And and I've rinsed the, the pasta, and maybe I don't rinse it as and let it dry as long because I don't want it to get cold. I don't want it hot and keep cooking, but I don't want it cold. That's the toughest part of making this is, you know, making sure that you get it nice and hot, but you haven't overcooked the noodles. So super easy, and they make so many different flavors. This one that you're seeing here is their very cheesy cheddar, um, but they make one that comes already with peas and carrots in it. My son really likes the Alfredo one, which is a white sauce. Um, he will eat the, eat the one with the, the freeze-dried carrots and peas in it, but it's not his favorite thing. He'd rather have real peas and carrots than the freeze-dried ones. Um, and they also make one that has vegan bacon in it, Stop, I know. Uh, they have several different varieties now. They've played around with, you know, what everybody likes in their mac and cheese. I tend to get the, the two, we've tried them all. We tend to keep in the pantry the Alfredo one and the very cheesy, and then we add things into it. Sometimes I'll add sausage into it. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, we'll add vegetables into it. I prefer to do the mac and cheese, and then my favorite is to make Disneyland green beans. If you've ever been to D Disneyland, if you go to the Plaza Inn, they have a great gluten-free, casein-free meal that they'll make for your kiddos, which are chicken drumsticks and the green beans. And so I call them the Disneyland green beans. And they're the best green beans on the face of the planet. And my child, you know, even when he was little, he would scarf down a big... And sometimes when, you know, they would offer you other things to go with the meal because the regular kid's meal has the green beans and the, the chicken legs. And I think it has like a biscuit and maybe, you know, some sort of dessert thing. And we'd always say, no, 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 just give us more green beans and give us more chicken legs. So he would get a big plate of green beans. And sometimes I would just order a side order, a big order of the green beans for me because they're so good. So we tried to perfect this at home. How do you make the Disneyland green beans? Super easy. You get a bag of green beans. I prefer the ones that are the tiny ones, but you can make them however you want. And I've done them with big, fat, frozen green. It works no matter what you do. And the key here is how you cook them. So 
uh, I take my big heavy cast iron pan because nothing sticks to that sucker and I don't have to use a whole lot of oil. I take the whole bag of green beans and I stick them in with about a quarter cup of water and I cover it with a lid and I cook them. And what it does is it, it, the water kind of boils and there's not enough water to boil them in, but it steams them really quickly. They get done really super quickly. Once they're completely steamed and you know you can take them and wave them, they're not stiff at all. Um, then I take about a teaspoon of olive oil, not very much olive oil at all, and I throw in some red pepper that is um, chopped up very fine, and I throw that into the pan with the olive oil and a little bit of salt and a little bit of garlic, and and you know you just either spoon it around or flip it around, whatever. So it what it does is it coats the 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 red pepper quicks very quickly, but they're not overcooked, and it coats the green beans with the oil and the salt and the garlic. They are stupid good, um, and kids eat them, and I don't. They're just Disneyland green beans. Uh, and they look very Christmassy because they're red and green, but it's really fabulous. And I do that as a side dish for almost everything. But if you go to Disneyland, ask for the green beans, and you can make these suckas at home. Um, Christina wants to know where can I find the Cooking with Shannon videos? I don't. I don't we used to have a playlist um, that was those videos. You know what we do have those? We have the playlist of um, Lisa Ackerman. Oh my gosh, you guys. I stopped making cooking videos because she was making them for us and she's such a better cook than I am and so much more inventive. We still have the what's left and that. Oh, so Traven just put that playlist in the, in the chat of, of which one of the Lisa or me. Okay. The, so the Lisa Ackerman playlist is in there. Um, and Christina wants ours. Ours are so old. We'll have to look and see if we can find them. I don't know if they're on the current YouTube, but we'll find them. It was a, it was a segment that we called Shannon's house. And I was trying to do the, like one a month, um, especially around the holidays where we go, okay, it's December. Here's some things that you might want to make. I will say this though. Here's the asterisk, Christina, is that Gluten-free was not where it is now. So I was having to use things that were not as good as they are now. They're kind of outdated, to be honest. Um, but the, the dancing chickens, not so much because we weren't using any product stuff. But like, I don't think we had day at mac and cheese back when we were doing that. And this, this is a game changer right here. Um, Autism journey with Elijah. <laughs> uh, I'm game for this and, uh, and it could lose weight. Let's go. I absolutely love that. I want to get one of those infinity rings. Who wants to do infinity ring with me where you, it's the thing where you, you make the, it's like a hula hoop and you make the weighted thing go around. Um, I, I want to get one of those and see if, cause I, it's all the belly fat for me. Uh, okay. So on to our next one. We've done the mac and cheese. Okay. We talked about this one last week too. Um, the scar pizza crust. I love scar products because they come prepackaged, vacuum formed. And they do have an expiration on them, so you can't keep them forever, but they are shelf-stable for a long time. And if you deal with gluten-free bread, you know what I'm talking about, because that the stuff is pretty fresh, and it, you know, if you're just buying fresh stuff, you can't, it doesn't last for very long, right? So, which is fine, you know, because if it's good bread and good pizza crust, it goes really fast. But if you're like me, I like to have some stuff in the pantry so that if I come home and it's like I gotta put something on the table really quick and I didn't have time to get to the store. I want to know what, you know, I can put out really quick. Well, if you want pizza, this is so much faster than ordering it, right? 
So, but you got to have this stuff in your pantry. So it's the Scar Pizza Crust, which I get from Thrive Market. So I get them at a huge discount, but you guys can get them at Sprouts, at Whole Foods. I've even seen them in some grocery stores now in their gluten-free section. I, my favorite pizza sauce, have to say, is Whole Foods makes in a little jar. Um, it's organic pizza sauce. It's the best pizza sauce uh, that I've ever had. I absolutely love it. And here again, we're using the Miyoko's vegan liquid mozzarella cheese. Um, but I'm also saying here toppings of choice because what does your kid like? Does your kid like pepperoni? Do they like mushrooms? Do they like, like chopped chicken? Um, what, hi Helen, so thrilled that you're here. Um, you know, what, what would they eat on a pizza? And in the beginning, I think, you know, it's important as you're getting them used to these kinds of things to only put things that they want on the pizza and involve them. Have them pick what they want. Maybe stick out dishes and say, which things do you want? And these pizzas are a little bit bigger than a personal pizza, but, you know, often I'll make two. And so you could say, this one, I want you to decorate. Get them involved with their food, then they're more likely to eat it. But between this crust, which is fabulous, that pizza crust, which is off the chart, and that amazing magic trick of liquid mozzarella cheese, um, they're going to love this. It's really fabulous. An old trick that I learned, um, (laughs) I keep bringing up the Italian boyfriend. Uh, Somebody wrote in last week and said, stop, you know, adding oil to your water when you're boiling pasta. So I'm stopping that. But I will tell you, Italian trick is that you sprinkle a little bit of olive oil on the top of the pizza with a little bit of mozzarella, uh, uh, on top of the mozzarella with a little, uh, just a, a very small amount of oregano, fabulous on top of a pizza. You get that real Italian sort of flavor that comes with that. Christina wrote in and said, is there a good chicken coating that is gluten-free? Love me some fried chicken crispy. Yeah, in fact, um, You know, I went to the store recently because we were making scotch eggs and they have to be breaded. And I was amazed. There were three different, I was in a regular grocery store, not Whole Foods, and there were three different versions of panko breadcrumbs that we could um, make the the coating with. And we kind of bought all three and because they were all a different crumble and they all worked great. I could just see them working different, depends on, because you know, like maybe you want um, a bigger flake for your, your chicken or a smaller flake, but there are several different varieties that are out there. I think that Scar even makes a bread crumb, crumb mix and I'm trying to think um, what the other brands were, but pretty easy to find. If you can't find it in your local market, go on Amazon and put in... Uh, gluten-free breadcrumb um, or gluten-free panko and you're going to see so many choices and some of them come with seasoning some of them come without seasoning some of them are low salt some of them are high salt all kinds of things Um, and then a white sauce for your pizza well you absolutely can do a white sauce for your pizza one of the things that you could do is look at um, Dea that Alfredo um, you know that would be fabulous on a pizza um, or there are some amazing cheeses that you could make a, uh, gluten-free cheeses that you could make a white sauce with, um, really good, good stuff. Um, and Traven said, maybe I will try to get that video uploaded uh, to YouTube so everyone can see it. Um, and hi, Helen, so glad that you're here. And Christina says, my husband can't do red sauce, bothers his tummy. No problem. 
Um, I would definitely give that, can, but I assume that he likes cheesy flavors. I would, the first thing I would try is that Alfredo sauce from the, the packet of the, the Daya cheese and see how he likes that. Um, but there are so many, some of my favorite, um, things, there's a follow your heart Gouda, smoked Gouda that comes in slices. Ooh, that'd be pretty good. Uh, I can, <laughs> I can see that on a pizza and just love that. Uh, okay, so make this pizza, but I, I started to say in the beginning, make it with just the things that they like on it. But then as it gets, you know, then try to introduce some other flavors and try, you know, something that's green, like try an herb first, like just putting basil or spinach on that isn't going to change the taste of the pizza very much, but you're adding to the nutrition level of it for the kids. But it really helps when you have it be their own choice. Now is the time of year to be taking them to the farmer's market and give them an assignment and say, okay, we have to get one thing from each color of the rainbow. Kids tend to understand this, right? And then you try to add them to a a dish because we always talked about eating the rainbow and they will be more willing. And if they taste it and they spit it out, don't freak out. Don't freak out at all. When, excuse me, my, uh, my grandniece came to visit a couple of years ago and I was having zucchini, zucchini pasta. And, you know, when you're eating something, it looks good to everybody else, right? I, and I make everything look good when I'm eating it. And she was like, I want some of that. And I said, it's zucchini. Are you sure you want it? And I gave her a piece of it and she stuck it in her mouth and she, blah, 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 you know, and spit it back out. But now, this last time she came to visit, she was eating zucchini. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. And have them try stuff. Don't get emotional when they spit stuff out. It's not the end of the world. And we know from science that usually they have to try something like something like 17 times before they'll eat it, so don't worry. Uh, and it's this time of year, it's abundant. It's not that uh, much money, so they can afford to spit it out. Have them try it. Okay, now the sausage fried rice. Okay, so this, I w- I'm going to give you the shortcut how you make this super duper easy. One of the things, one of the shortcuts to this is that I buy rice that is parboiled, already cooked, and then you microwave it. I know the purist in me, I used to love, and I used to have a rice cooker and I would make rice. I just don't have time for this in my life right now. Right now, later on in life, maybe I'll have time to do that again. And I do love, you know, I I love brown rice that's cooked and it's aromatic and it's wonderful, but who has 45 minutes to cook rice? I don't. Um, so we tend to get Trader Joe's, but there are all, you can go to any grocery store and they sell frozen rice now. It's the craziest thing. And I know friends who are like, oh my gosh, it's like the bottled water thing. You people are paying through the nose for something that's relatively inexpensive. But I always say it's my time. If you have the time and budget is the issue, make your rice ahead of time. And you can make it the day before and then just throw it in the pan, whatever. But I get Trader Joe's organic rice. It comes in these perfect little bags. You throw it in the microwave. It's three minutes, right? While that's cooking, I get out the cast iron pan. It's the heaviest duty thing in my house. It gets used three times a day, right? And we cut up the sausage and we put it in there. I take a bag of frozen peas and carrots, right? And a little bit of onion, a little bit of olive oil. Throw it all in there, the frozen vegetables, with that sausage and you keep turning it so it's getting nice and brown and whatever. And then eventually we add in the rice. We take the egg and scramble it and put it in the center and cook it so that it's all, and you're throwing soy sauce on top of it. And it's fan freaking tastic and there's never leftovers. 
Um, really good, super easy, and my kid feels like he's eaten out. And it's nutritious. You got the vegetable. Think about that. You've got the protein. You've got the carb. You've got the vegetable in there, and it yummy, 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 and it tastes good. I sometimes now, because depending on where your kiddo is, my kiddo is in a ginger phase. He loves ginger. He loves ginger soda. Um, and he loves fresh ginger cooked in things. All kids won't, and it's got a little bit of a bite to it. So be careful before you add this. But if your kid is a little bit older, you add some ginger. Mmm, tastes fresh. Really good. The sausage fried rice. Okay, let's take a look now. Oh, the burger and the tater tots. Okay. Now, um, you know, this can be very, very easy if we want it to be, or we can make it really, really complicated. You can get out the grill and you can form burgers and you can make them, right? You can absolutely do that. That's great. Um, you know, you can do it in a lettuce wrap if you're not doing bread. Um, I'm going to tell you the down and dirty, easy way to do this, okay? <laughs> which is you buy the Canyon Bakehouse burger buns, which are fabulous. They don't have to be toasted, but you can toast them. But I love that I don't have to if I don't want to. And then we buy at Costco the Don Lee Angus Choice Beef Patties. They are already pre-cooked with the little uh, grill marks and everything on them, which means I stick them in the microwave for about a minute and a half. And they are juicy, fabulous. I don't eat meat, but everybody tells me they're tasty, tasty, tasty. They're, they're well done. They're not going to be pink in the middle, but I prefer that when I'm feeding beef to my family. Anyway, I didn't dirty a pan. I put them in the microwave on a, on a paper plate with a paper towel over the top of them. Uh, if I want to toast those buns, I can. If I want to put a dairy-free cheese on there, I can. But this is also how I make the uh, Orida or, or tater tots. So Orida tater tots are gluten-free. It says so right on the bag. What I do is I have a glass... Uh, pie pan. And I take uh, just enough so that it coats the pie pan and makes a little bit of a mound, right? Uh, And this is the first thing that I do if I'm starting to cook this meal. I put the tater tots in there and I put it in the microwave on six minutes. I know, I just heard people gasp. You microwave your tater tots six minutes for a full pie pan with a heaping thing. So they get they're not frozen anymore, but they're still holding together. And then I very carefully transfer them onto the baking sheet. And I've got the preheated oven. If I'm in a big hurry, I will stick them underneath the broiler for a minute and a half. But if I've got a little bit more time, I stick them on uh, the, I lay them all out individually on the, the baking sheet and I stick them in the oven. And they're done within a couple of minutes. And they got a nice crisp on the outside, but they're hot and tender on the inside. And I didn't have to wait 35 minutes for them to cook. I told you, it's the down and dirty. Now you want to know something extra. If you if your kids like spicy, um, I take Paul Prudhomme's uh, Seafood Magic. Sprinkle, it's a... It's a um, it's a spicy Cajun mix, and I sprinkle that on them before I stick them in the oven, and they are fabulous. Your kids don't like spicy, don't do that. Um, but anyway, so I've, now I've got them in the oven browning up. I stick the burger in the microwave, and foom, 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 and in under eight minutes, I've got burgers and tater tots on the table with very little cleanup. 
very little cleanup. And then my uh, thing is that I encourage you to put things with it, toppings, like I encourage you to put lettuce and tomato and onion and of course, dill pickle spears. This picture has them with, and that's an actual picture of Donley um, Angus Choice beef patties. Uh, you can put avocado. My kiddo likes a fried egg on the top of his. That's living large. Uh, throw a slice of that earth, um, follow your heart smoked Gouda on that. Woo, you're living large, I'm telling you. But for those of you who really can't do buns for lots of different reasons, I my new thing now, and I don't eat the beef, so I do Impossible Burgers, but my new thing is that I'm making the lettuce sandwiches myself. I had that for dinner last night. It was fabulous. Um, takes seconds, okay? So go for that, go for that. But I love that I don't have to actually cook these burgers. I just have to heat them up. They come in a, uh, in a bag or a box from Costco, and it's super duper easy when I got to make something for my kid on the fly. Lovely. And we love those Canyon Bakehouse burger buns. Okay. Uh, the French toast, again, I love to use Canyon Bakehouse bread. My favorite is that Hawaiian sweet. Ooh, it's so good. A couple of eggs, some earth balance, the organic maple syrup and our organic strawberries. I don't add anything else to the eggs. I know people who add water or milk of some, you know, like cashew milk or whatever. I just don't need it and I'm making things fast. Uh, I can get these French toast out in under three minutes. Um, and really, I probably... If, if need be, I could probably do it in under two minutes. So when, you know, when you're throwing a meal together, and I, we have French toast sometimes for dinner. Breakfast for dinner. Uh, <laughs> everybody with me. Um, easy, easy to do. So fra- flavorful. Um, and part of it is the bread, you guys. But when I have family in from out of town, this is what I make for breakfast. Everyone loves it. No one goes, oh, what's with the, you know, different bread or whatever. Everybody's like, oh, this is so good. What's your secret? Canyon Bakehouse bread. That's the secret. Makes it really good. And I'm telling you, the organic maple syrup, don't just buy maple syrup off the shelf in the grocery store. This is one of those things where you got to treat yourself a little bit. And if you are watching pennies, which, you know, I did for years, but there are some things that you want to invest in. You don't have to do as much maple syrup when you're using organic, real maple syrup that's Vermont-based. Because, you know, sometimes when you're buying that other stuff, it's not even maple syrup. It's sugar and more butter. And or and sometimes they do honey, which isn't the worst thing. But um, organic maple syrup is a real thing, and it's fantastic. Get yourself some. You Like, we go through one jar of organic maple syrup a year. Um, so they're the price that you pay for it. It's worth it. Um, get yourself some organic strawberries too. Okay. Tacos, tacos, tacos. So here, here's something fun. The old El Paso taco shells, gluten-free. Um, so you can get those in almost any grocery store. Make, look at the box. Always look to confirm because they, by the time you watch this 10 years from now, maybe they'll change the recipe. Always read the labels to make sure that it's still what I said it was on the day that I said it was. But Old El Paso, it says it right on it, gluten-free. You got to love that. Um, then I, you can get refried beans, and there's lots of different kinds of refried beans. But my favorite is Amy's. It's a lot more expensive. You can make your own refried beans if you want to. I like Amy's because it doesn't have all the chemicals in it. It doesn't have lard. 
Um, it's really clean, it's gluten-free, and, I, and, I, and it tastes really good and it tastes really fresh. Um, so I keep those on hand. I like to use ground turkey um, and we like salsa. I like, there's like three different salsas that I like and my son likes a different one. But obviously for tacos, you want to have on hand chopped lettuce, chopped onion, chopped tomatoes, uh, sliced olives, some daya shredded cheese, that's what we do, and some guacamole, which can be already made or you can make your own. Okay, so what I like to do for tacos is, especially if I'm having people over and I often have taco parties, I know it just sounds like I entertain all the time, I don't. But I met, I like people know I have taco parties. And what I do is I get ground turkey and I stick it in my crock pot because I don't have time uh, to mess around with and keep things hot and whatever. So I will take the ground turkey and I will stick it in the crock pot all day. And, and I put about, depending on how much turkey I put in there, I put water in there too. Um, and that is a trick that somebody had taught me when you're doing ground beef or ground turkey. If you put water in, it lowers the fat content of the, the meat. I don't understand that, but um, it tastes better. And everybody always says, why, why does it taste better? And I think the slow cook makes it t- taste better. It breaks it down a little bit more. It goes into the taco easier. But I always add something to the ground turkey. Now, my favorite is to add like a half a cup of salsa to it um, for flavor. But if you like a seasoning packet, they make seasoning packets that are taco seasoning that are gluten-free. You just got to read the ingredients. It's not my favorite. I prefer to just do the salsa in with the, the turkey. I just think it keeps it juicy and moist and whatever. And I cook it, slow cook it for eight hours so that by the time dinner is ready, I'm not having to cook meat. It's the most intensive part when you're standing over the stove cooking the meat. So, and, and sometimes I chop all the vegetables up beforehand and I put them in Ziploc bags. If I'm doing the lettuce beforehand, I put it in a Ziploc bag with a paper towel so that it absorbs the moisture and it doesn't get all, you know, right um but so what's easiest for me is that i chop up all that ahead of time it's in the refrigerator so when it's time to eat then i pull out and i don't heat up the taco shells beforehand because everybody eats so fast and is so excited i i don't you know i don't do it but you can if you want to just stick them in the oven and warm them up a little bit and i'm talking about the already formed ones the hard shells uh, and we have done the soft shells before too. Uh, sometimes, you know, just for a change of pace, we like that. And those are almost always gluten-free, right? But the hard ones, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Not everybody makes them gluten-free. Um, but I like to put it all out and, and I will put on a plate, um, and I think it ends up being five tacos. And so you sort of stack them so that it looks, it makes like an arch, uh, on the plate, and, and then you hand it, because uh, my son's a growing boy, he'll eat five tacos, right? And then let them layer it. And I have, so I have the crock pot there that's open. They can put in the meat themselves. If you have littler kids or kids that can't be around heat without hurting themselves, you do that much for them, and then they do the rest themselves. This is a lovely, healthy, nutritious, fabulous. I don't know why we don't do this more, um, but, you know, Taco Tuesday, you can't, you can't really beat it, right? And this is, and, and of course, the only thing that's really different, we're not using sour cream. So if that's a big bummer for you, I would tell you if there's other people in the family, get one of the squeezable um, sour cream so that you're not getting sour cream everywhere um, and that they can squeeze some of that on. I have not found something 
that I personally love that takes the place of sour cream. Um, I know that people, I think Rachel's got a recipe for cashew crema, and I've had that in restaurants, but I, I'm not good enough to make it at home, uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. But other than that, everything about this, the cheese, the cheese is the other thing. And I used to, when I would have parties, I would put out the vegan cheese and I would put out the regular cheese. I tend not to put out the regular cheese anymore because nobody notices uh, if I put out Daya um, cheddar. Every, no one says, hey, what's with this cheese? Why is it different? So there you go. But you can, if you want to, put out two if you're, but other than that, it's, it's already gluten-free, casein-free. This is a great example of something that kids love. And for people who don't do the taco shells, I personally eat a taco salad and I love it. Oh my gosh, that's living large, right? Good, good stuff. Fabulous, fabulous. Okay, so now spaghetti and meatballs. Again, here's the crazy thing about spaghetti and meatballs. If you're making meatballs, usually you're going to put breadcrumbs in it. Now, you could put the breadcrumbs that we were talking about earlier with Christina to do the fried chicken. You absolutely could do that. Um, but years ago, a friend made, when I was eating turkey, a friend made me turkey meatballs. And all he put in them, he put arugula in. And those were great. And I kept saying, but what else did you, you put egg in this, you put, you know, breadcrumbs. And he said, no, I just put arugula in. And then I found a recipe that was spinach. And then I made spinach meatballs forevermore. So my, now you can go buy gluten-free meatballs if, if you really, you know, like have no time, but they're expensive, right? I, this one is one I, I prefer to do. It doesn't take that much time. You buy ground turkey and I do it with turkey. I don't do it with beef. Um, it tastes different. I don't know. It's just different. But so I get ground turkey. I put it in a bowl and I take um, a full, one of those big containers at Costco. You can do it with a bag of spinach, but I like a lot of spinach. If you just want to try it with a little bit, but the, the spinach, it's the leaves. You wash them, you rinse them, you dry them, and you stick them in your food processor and it makes a paste. And you just stick them all in there and I put a little bit of water, a little bit, little bit of water or, or just enough left from when you rinse them and a little bit of olive oil and I maybe put some garlic powder in there and it makes like a paste, like almost like a, like a hummusy texture, right? And then I add that to the ground turkey. I put on my plastic gloves and I boom, 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 and it holds it all together. It holds it all together. It spices it perfectly. I have made these so many times and nobody ever knows that it's spinach in there. If you put a lot of spinach in, it'll turn them slightly green, but slightly green. If you have made it into a paste, you're not even, like you might see little flecks here and there. People think it's parsley. It's spinach. You've upped the content, vegetable content and the iron content and, you know, fabulousness for your kiddos. They're not even going to know what's in there. My husband would not eat spinach if I paid him money. He scarfs these meatballs down. So the thing is, you, you know, you form the meatballs and you put them on your cookie sheet and you bake them. And about 20, 25 minutes in, I turn them over. So they get a nice crust on them. Um, you know, full thing, it probably takes 45 minutes to an hour to cook them because you want to make sure that they're done all the way in. Um, I love the Barilla gluten-free spaghetti noodles. They hold up really well. Same thing as we were talking about before. Boil the water, 
throw the noodles in, let it come back to a boil, turn it, once it's back to a boil, you turn it all the way down on low, you cover it with a thing and you cook it exactly how long it says on the package to cook it. And then you rinse them and, and you got to rinse, get them cooled down. Um, but then I heat up the marinara sauce and I don't have a favorite one anymore. There are so many good ones. It's hard to pick what's, but you know, you find a marinara sauce that doesn't have cheese in it. That's really what you want. And you're going to be gluten-free, casein-free. Uh, and, and unless I'm having vegans over, I will heat up the, the spaghetti sauce in a big pot on low on the stove for quite a while and then I throw the meatballs in so that everything gets nice and hot because your noodles aren't going to be as hot. Um, and, and so at the end I make it, you know, you put the noodles on the plate, you put the marinara on the plate and you throw the meatballs on the top and a little bit of that Trader Joe Parmesan. Nobody's going to be unhappy. It's really, really good stuff. Fabulous stuff. Spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. And then the last one, the roasted chickens, the, the dancing chickens as we call them. Um, now this recipe is for one, but as I said to you at the beginning of the show, when I used to do this on a weekly basis, every Sunday I would make dancing chickens and I would do it with two. And I learned this trick from Joan London. Joan London, who I, I think she had two sets of twins and she had all these great tips for women who were moms and don't have time. And her whole thing was, if you're going to turn your oven on, whatever you stick in the oven, make two of them. If you're going to make a lasagna, make two of them and take the one out and freeze it. But her thing with the roasted chickens was make two and then, you know, for the first meal, you know, you have one of the chickens and it's the full roasted chicken and then whatever is left over, you pick the bones and, you know, you put that all in a container and you pick the other one and then that goes into your pastas, you make chicken salad, you have chicken for the entire week um, to cover and it's really well cooked and you know what into it. So here is the trick and this is sort of a combo of Joan London's tricks and a friend of mine, Mitch, who makes the best uh, chicken and he stole his recipe, I think, from the New York Times. So you have your chicken and I'm a big fan of rinsing it well, but you have to be very careful. They've said now that when you rinse chicken and it splatters, then you have to clean the whole splatter area. So I try to keep things very contained and I use plastic gloves because you don't want to give anybody salmonella. So you clean the chicken, you make sure that there's nothing on the inside, right? And you clean everything off. Fabulousness. And uh, I, before I start cleaning the chickens, I prep my vegetables and I buy small potatoes if possible. If not, I cut the potatoes up, put them, line the bottom of the big roaster pan, right? I have one of those big uh, blue speckled, I actually have two of those. And if you're doing chickens, you can usually fit two, one turkey or two chickens sideways, right? So I layer the bottom of the pan with a chopped up onion, uh, small potatoes or chopped up potatoes in the bottom and carrots. Now you can add other things. I've added acorn squash before. I've put sweet potatoes in there. I've done whole, whole beets in there. Whatever flavors you like, it becomes, there's no rack to hold up the chicken. It's your veggies that are the bottom. And it's going to save you so much time because you're not going to have to cook anything else. It's going to take you like 15 minutes to prep and then you're going to cook it in the oven and dinner. This is why I used to love to do this on Sunday. 
And and Christina says little game hens would be yum. Yes, you. Get, I do chickens because they're the least expensive thing. Um, and and sometimes I used to go to I think it was Sam's Club back then, and now I go to Costco. But they'll sometimes sell you two at a time, uh, which was perfect, right? So when I'm when everything is in the pan in the bottom of the pan and ready, and sometimes I'll throw some herbs in the bottom of the pan too. If I've got something from the garden or something left over from a recipe, I throw that in the bottom of the pan, and I have ready two lemons. Um, actually, with if I'm doing two chickens, I'm going to need uh, four, a total of four lemons. Uh, and I have some garlic ready and some olive oil and a little bit of salt and pepper in a dish already mixed together that I'm going to use the whole thing because I'm going to get chicken hands into stuff so I don't want to mix it back in with other stuff. But I rinse the chickens really good and now I lay them breast down. Once they're rinsed, I lay them breast down on top of the vegetables. And this is important because you want that breast meat to be nice and moist, right? And to pretty much fall off the bone. So everything that we're going to do is going to be to create that. So we're going to cook them upside down. You see how it is in the picture there? That's up, you know, it would be the other way, flipped upside down. And we take one of the lemons and sometimes I'll microwave it just to soften it up a little bit and you fork or stab the whole lemon so that it's nice and warm and juicy and you put it in the cavity up its bum. And it is going to cook the chicken from the inside, release juices, release that stuff from the lemon rind. It's going to make it fabulousness. Um, So I do that with both chickens. And then the other two lemons, I cut up, I squeeze some over the top, I throw some into the neck cavity and leave some in, in the pan. But I've squeezed some over the top, I throw some olive oil over the top, some salt and pepper, and I roast those things until the meat is falling off the bone. I will tell you that I don't do the big presentation on the table. I have had to do that. And when you do that, at some point, you do want to flip the chicken over because the the skin on the breast is not going to get crispy unless you do that. I I don't need that. If you need that, you do have to flip it at some point. Um, and usually that takes some help, um, to have somebody help you get the pan out and then you got to flip it over. I'm just too lazy for that. And I'm not interested in the skin. Uh, I was told for our family and our cholesterol, the skin's not the thing to eat, but if you want it, you're going to have to flip it and then you can recoat it with herbs and stuff to do that. And it's fine. And it won't dry the breast out too much to cook it that way for a couple of minutes. Um, if I'm in a big hurry and I want the chickens to cook faster, I go ahead and throw the lid on it and I roast it with the lid on and it just cooks that much faster. But then, then the bottom half of it is not going to get crispy skin either. Uh, if you really need this and you're in a hurry and you need the crispy skin too, you'd take the lid off and cook it for, you know, the last 20 minutes with the lid off. So, um, For me, then when I go to serve it on that first day, what I would do, because my son likes the legs, I would cut the legs off and and throw a leg on the plate and you take a couple of potatoes and a couple of carrots, right? And you got the whole meal right there. Um, There are times that I would add mashed potatoes to that, but you don't have to because you've already got the potatoes. Sometimes I just mash the potatoes on the plate. It's, It's the whole magilla. And then, of course... If you really want to be economical, um, you know, when you're done with that meal, you take and you um, debone both chickens and you, if you're really being economical, you would immediately 
take the bones and put them in a pot with some water and with some uh, apple cider vinegar and you would boil that because then it ha- you have bone broth. And sometimes I'll put some of the leftover vegetables, some of the leftover juice in there, depending on what I'm making for the rest of the week. Um, and then you've got amazing bone broth to make everything else that you're doing for the rest of the week uh, with bone broth. Bone broth is very good for our kids. And especially when it's already been roasted, the thing is, when you're making bone broth, you can't just boil the bones with water. You have to, the, the lemon will be in there a little bit and that will help, but you add a little bit of that apple cider vinegar. I'm talking about like a tablespoon for the whole pot and boil that and you want to strain so you don't get any bones in it, but you will have some of the healthiest, tastiest bone broth. Cause you know, when you buy bone broth from the store, it tastes like cack. I mean, it really is bad, um, but it'll be tasty and good sipping broth. Um, you can take that and freeze that for when you're making chicken soup when somebody's sick. I'm telling you, really, really good for everybody's health and for stomach health. Uh, really fabulous stuff. Okay, so those are my top 10 GFCF meals that are super easy that I know your kids will eat. Um, is it by any chance all of them? It isn't. I mean, like I, I have a whole recipe for um, chicken legs that that's really, you know, our kids will eat them. I, I just want to make the point that you can eat on this diet and, and have it not be this weird stuff. I tried to pick like what are the most run-of-the-mill things where you could have guests over. I remember my mom was coming to visit and we had invited cousins over and I made the dancing chickens and my mother was like, oh no, are you going to force these people to eat gluten-free? And I said, just relax. It's going to be okay. And, you know, and she was like, what are you doing? You're cooking it upside down. And I said, mom, just, just relax. I'm, I'm, I promise you, if it's not good, I'll order something in. But, you know, and one of the cousins was like, oh, my gosh, you can make my chicken always. Can I come to Thanksgiving? It just makes this moist, moist, moist chicken. And so, my again, my point is you can eat really healthy, really well, really quickly um, for gluten-free and, and have other people there. And it doesn't feel like a hardship to anybody, not anybody. So there you have it. I want to go over a little bit what's happening the rest of this week. Cause it's a good week. Tomorrow we have asked Dr. Doreen and I mentioned at the top of the show, the topic is about individuals in the arts with, uh, that are on the autism spectrum or neurodiverse and, and why is there an affinity? Why are there sometimes special talents? What's that all about? We're going to be answering questions having to do with that. You can send in your questions now, or you can go to askdrdoreen.com and hit, um, contact us, send your question in that way. If it's a little bit longer, um, Marina gets that and she's fabulous. She gets it to me. Then on Wednesday, we've got two amazing guests that are going to be with us on Wednesday. One of them, I'm going to slaughter her name, and I apologize ahead of time, Tuija Kapinen, who is from the website Never Getting There. She's going to be talking with us about neurodiversity in business and how we can help coach people who are neurodiverse to be able to get the jobs and how we can coach job owners, employers, to be able to be looking for that talent and not overlook them because of something that's a social norm that really is only a social norm because someone said so. And there's nothing 
uh, no evidence on whether somebody's going to be good at their job, right? Uh, we're basing everything on eye contact. No, that's a bad idea. Then our other guest, Sarah Bradford, who is also known as S.J. Childs, the amazing children's book author, she's got an event that's coming up next week. It's called the 1 in 36 Mix. She did it last year. It was called the 1 in 44 Mix. This is a virtual autism summit. She's going to be talking with us about who some of the amazing guests are that are going to be doing that summit summit that's coming up, I think, at the end of this week, beginning of next week, somewhere in there, it's happening. So you're going to want to check both of those guests out on Wednesday. And we're also going to be talking about IDEA as everybody goes back to school. We want to know what the heck uh, is with IDEA. So that will be this week. Oh, and then on Friday, we've got Let's Talk All the Things with Rachel Bird. She and I are going to share what we're obsessed with right now. Plus, um, she's got a new recipe for you guys that's super yummy. And we're going to be sharing some news that's been happening in the world of follow-up to one of the guests that we've had before on the show, a young man who was given a scholarship um, to, I believe it was, I don't want to say, but was from the military. He was given a scholarship and then he had to do an essay and everything. And then the scholarship was taken away when they discovered that he was on the autism spectrum. We're going to give you an update and talk about an article that includes a lot of different people's interactions with the military, including Tories. So all of that's going to be happening on Friday and on Thursday, of course, Stories from the Spectrum. So a big week. Can't wait. And we're also starting to talk about the All Ghouls Gala, which is going to be happening on October 28th. You're going to see some press about that this week. It is the second annual All Ghouls Gala celebrating Halloween, an adult Halloween party, all as a fundraiser for Autism Care Today. The big news that I'll reveal tomorrow with Dr. Grampichet is the first of the people that we're revealing that is an award recipient that will be at that event and it's going to blow your mind. So make sure you're here tomorrow to hear what that is. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.